if you've not already followed us on any of our social media, be sure to follow us on Facebook at NA Victory Church, Instagram at na.victorychurch, and YouTube at Victory Church Media to stay informed of all that's going on here at Victory. Just spend a moment asking the Lord. Now let's spend a moment thanking the Lord. the Holy Ghost that's in this room, God, thank you for being among us today. Thank you for inhabiting our praise today. Anybody love the Lord in the house? thankful that he loves you Matthew chapter 3 I have felt so strongly from the Lord this message for today what I'm preaching to you today I believe with everything within me in fact I'm very passionate about what I'm preaching to you so if I come off strong, it's because you need to believe it strong. Verse 1, Matthew chapter 3. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. And saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. The same John had his raiment, camel's hair, a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locust and wild, Honey. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan confessing their sins. The same John had his raiment of camel's hair. Now, you, you can't just read it. you got to get the picture. He's wearing camel's hair. 
He's wearing a leathern girdle. He is eating locusts and wild honey. And he has just came out of a wilderness. To say he looks and acts like a wild man is an understatement. Get the picture. He comes out of a wilderness eating locusts and wild honey, wearing a leathern girdle and camel's hair. But verse 5 says, Jerusalem went to him. All of Judea went to him. All the region around Jordan went to him. And they were all baptized of him. Wearing the wrong clothes, eating the wrong food, but yet somehow he still had revival. My message to you today is not in the form of a question, but a statement. I want to preach to you what moves men. What moves men. Would you lift your hands and entertain the presence of the Lord that's in this building. God, thank you for your house, for your word, for your presence, for your glory, for your anointing, the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Take us, take us somewhere today in the spirit we've never been. Reveal to us God, do what only you can do, Holy Ghost. Speak, talk, move, stir, change as only you can. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. The life of man is one that is filled with both glorious times and inglorious moments. One may feel the joy of life while another in that same instance experiences the loneliness of death. Between the sacrifice of Noah's sons and the, or the, the sacrifice of Noah and the blessing of his sons, God in that sweet smell and savor promised that while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, Day and night shall not cease. That promise also gives to us the blueprint of man's life. Moments that will define us. 
experiences that mold and shape us even in the process of breaking, encounters that will cause destinies to be born within us. Little did Jephthah know when he was thrust out into the darkness of the night and told by his own brethren that thou shalt not inherit in our father's house, that they propelled this son of a harlot into his destiny as he became the ninth judge to lead a nation of Israel. There are moments that shake us, that causes us to react in ways of passion and emotion. The fact is this nation, even this world, has had its share of shaking. We were shaken as we awoke to a beautiful spring day only to find out that hours earlier in the freezing waters of the North Atlantic, 1,517 people went out into eternity as that unsinkable ship Titanic was buried at sea. We were shaken to confusion and disbelief to hear that a 46,000-ton ship brushed an iceberg for a mere 10 seconds. It was barely enough of a touch to even spill a glass of water, and yet only 700 survived. Yes, we were shaken for a moment. We were shaken as the cry over the radio shouted, Oh, the humanity! A cry heard around the world on our nation's first coast-to-coast -coast radio broadcast. It was all the host could say as he was an eyewitness and he watched the Hindenburg explode into flame, killing 36 in less than one minute. Yes, we were shaken. For a moment, we were shaken on December the 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy as the Japanese launched a surprise attack at Pearl Harbor, killing 2,000, wounding 710 in just the Navy alone, two hours of horrific battle with the young mothers and fathers still to this day buried beneath the floor of the Pacific. Yes, New Albany, we were shaken for a moment. 12.35 in the afternoon on November the 22nd, 19. 63, this nation was indeed shaken. As that 12-car motorcade was nearing the end of its 10-mile tour of Dallas, Texas, and as it passed 
The textbook warehouse shots rang out. Crowd scattered, people fell to the ground or ran for cover. Others screamed and wept over the assassination of our president, John F. Kennedy. Yes, we were shaken. At least for a moment. We were shaken on Black Tuesday. We were shaken at the sands of Iwo Jima. We were Shaken when the Challenger exploded in midair. We were shaken at the Oklahoma City bombing. We were shaken at the Columbine shooting. We were shaken at the Colorado Theater massacre. We were shaken at the Sandy Hill shooting. We were shaken at the Boston Marathon massacre. We were shaken at the Las Vegas shooting just a few years ago. We were shaken at the Mother's Day shooting in New Orleans. Not just this nation, but this world was indeed shaken on what is now simply known as 9-11. Truth be told, at the end of the day, life moves on as always. People wake up, they go about their day, they adjust to what life gives them. They go on with their business and with each sunrise and each sunset, they remove themselves from the tragedies of life because truth be told, tragedy, war, chaos might shake us, but this does not move men. Our text today gives to us a story of the first message preached after 400 years of silence. There has not been one word spoken worth writing, not one message preached worth scripting. It has been quiet, silent, and voiceless for 400 years. And after 400 years of stillness, the Bible says John the Baptist comes walking out of the wilderness. And it gives us so much detailed information that it paints the picture of what the man looks like. 400 years of silence. And here comes a man out of the wilderness wearing camel's hair, wearing a leathern girdle. He's got locusts in one hand, wild honey in the other hand. He doesn't look the part. He doesn't, he doesn't fit the part. But yet this man is wearing camel's hair, a leathern girdle. He's eating locusts and wild honey. And the next verse tells us, then went out to him Jerusalem. Not just a few, not just a handful, but the whole city of Jerusalem went to this man. All of Judea went to this man. The whole region around Jordan went to this man. And every one of them, all of Jerusalem, all of Judea, all the region around Jordan was baptized by a man that came from a wilderness wearing the wrong clothes and eating the wrong food. He had revival on that day. 
Come on, he did not have the right clothes, but he had revival. He did not have the right food, but he had revival. He did not have a church building, but he had revival. He did not have a pulpit, but he had revival. He did not have a platform, but he had revival. He did not have music, but he had revival. He did not have a choir, but he had revival. He did not have a microphone, but he had revival. He had no PA system, but he had revival. He had no Sunday school teachers, but he had revival. He had no Sunday school superintendent, but he had revival. He had no music director, but he had revival. He had no musicians, but he had revival. He did not have drums, but he had revival. He did not have a piano, but he had revival. He did not have an organ, but he had revival. He had no electric guitar, no acoustic guitar, no bass guitar, but he had revival. He had no deacons, but he had revival. He had no trustees, but he had revival. He had no ushers, but he had revival. Come on, he did not have a lot of money, but he had revival. He had no popularity, but he had revival. Here you go. He did not have strobe lights, but he had revival. He did not have smoke machines, but he had revival. He had no praise and worship leader, but he had revival. He had no assistant pastor, associate pastor, youth pastor, outreach pastor, co-pastor, wannabe pastor, but he had revival. Well, let me just bring it down home and put it smack in your face. He did not have everything that man makes us believe we need to have a move of God, but he had one anyways. Come on, this 38-year-old evangelist has had it up to here with everybody groping for everything, trying to have a move of God. You don't need what man's made you believe you need to have a move of God. You can have revival without any of that stuff. So how did he have revival? How did he reach an entire city? How were people convicted and convinced that they needed to be baptized? What was it that he had? I've spent five minutes telling you what he did not have, but there was one thing he did have, and in spite of what he lacked, he used what he had, and because he used what he had, it did not matter what clothes he wear. It did not matter what food he ate because he did the one thing he had. All of Jerusalem was baptized. All of Judea was baptized. All of Jordan was baptized. Come on. The Bible said that when he came out, regardless of what he had on and in spite of what he was eating, the Bible said said that when he came out he was preaching 
there is nothing that moves men more than the preaching of the word of God. Why are you getting quiet on that? Let me tell you what God did for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved. It is the power of God. In fact, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. If preaching pleases God, we need more of it. If preaching makes makes God happy. We don't need more seminars. We don't need more counseling sessions. We don't need more entertainment. We need preaching. We need the word of God. We need to stand on the truth. It's the only thing that moves men. Come on, I'm sorry to bust your bubble, but singing won't save them. Entertainment won't save them. Preaching won't, music won't save them. It's preaching of God's word. It's preaching of this book. That is the one thing and the only thing that has and is and forever will move men. Have all the stuff you want, but heaven and earth shall pass away. But my words, God said, shall not pass away. I think I'm going to stick with what's going to stay. Till heaven and earth pass, not one jot, not one tittle, will I know wise pass from the law. Come on, the grass may wither, the flower may fade, but the word of God will stand forever. They may burn it, they may trash it, they may deny it, but they can't change it, they can't stop it, and they won't defeat it. His word heals, his word saves, his word delivers, his word convicts, his word convinces you you're not living right. Maybe that's why we would rather have music because we want to feel comfortable in our sins. But if you want to know where you're living, you need the word, you need the word. It's the only thing that moves men. Everybody's scratching their head. Everybody's trying to figure this revival thing out. Everybody's trying to copy everybody else, read books from people that don't even preach what we preach, trying to figure out, well, maybe we should not do four or five nights. Maybe, maybe we should just do weekend stuff. They're, they're, trying to, they're trying their best to try, to try to have a move of God, try to get people to church, try to have revival. They're doing everything but reading the book. Come on, because the book will tell you if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray. What's wrong with that? You ain't with me today. The Bible says that even Jesus said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. 
Baby, there's no program that guarantees all. There's no outreach plan that guarantees all. But if you want all to come, you gotta lift Jesus up. We need some more praisers and some more worshipers and some more shouters and some more dancers and some more leapers and some more aisle runners. We need some people to start lifting. You want your family saved? Try lifting Jesus up. You want your city saved? Try lifting Jesus up. Come on, you want your life saved? Try lifting Jesus up. amaze me how we can preach from this book what happens when you preach and what happens when you pray and what happens when you worship and people will still sit there and say well I don't know about all of that because not only was John preaching it's, it's not just the fact he was preaching that moved men but it was the contents of his message. Wasn't just the fact that he was yelling and screaming. No, it's what he was preaching. This was his message. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So the contents of his message included three words, baptism, repentance, and Holy Ghost. Before Peter stood on the day of Pentecost to preach his message to 3,000, there was one man wearing the wrong clothes, eating the wrong food, who just walked out of the wilderness and he was preaching repent. He was preaching baptism. He was preaching Holy Ghost and the whole city had revival. Come on, I believe from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. In fact, I believe it so much, you won't ever convince me otherwise. You want revival? You want to move a God? You want to shake your city? It's doctrine preaching that moves men. I'll still believe except a man be born again of the water and of the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven I still believe here are Israel the Lord our God 
God is one Lord. I still believe there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who's above all and in all and through all. I still believe women should look like women and men should look like men. And when you get baptized, it's not optional. It's a must to go down in the name of Jesus Christ. And you must receive the whole. It's doctrine that moves men. We are told to speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. That word sound means solid. If there's anything this nation needs in 2020, it's a solid church. It's a solid, come on, it's a solid marriage. It's a solid belief. Come on, we got too many ups and downs, in and outs. Believe one thing one week, something else the next week. We got too much of that going on in our nation. The only hope for this world, the only hope for this nation is a church to stand solid on the word of God without fear, without favor, and preach this book front to back, Genesis to Revelation. Believe me, you ain't got to tell me anything new. I understand. I understand I'm on an island seeming like often by myself a 38-year-old man preaching like this because all the new cats wants to preach the new and cool stuff and try to get doors to open for them. But, but as for me, I, I, I tend to believe the blood still works, the name still works, the doctrine still works, the book still Come on, we've taken words like the cross and the blood and holiness and tithing out of our vocabulary and we've replaced it with blessing and favor and prosperity and we got the audacity to ask God while we can't keep people, while we can have revival. i tell you why. It won't work until you get back to the book. It's the only thing that moves men. It's the only thing that works. It's the only guarantee that we have. In the beginning was the word before there was music. There was the word before there was entertainment. There was the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. If you want Jesus, you won't separate him from the book. If you want Jesus, you gotta get the word. If you want Jesus, you gotta get the book. If you want Jesus, he's found in the pages of the Bible that you don't read. The older I get, the more I see changes, and more words I don't hear spoken that used to be spoken, the more something gets a hold of me that wants to fight for this stuff. 
So if I come off bold and maybe rude, it's because I'm sick and I'm, I'm sick and tired of all of this, all of this non, non-eternal salvation stuff that, that they want to cram down our throats and all they want is entertainment and all they want is... Come on, all they want is the new stuff and the cool stuff, and that's what you won't find. I don't, there's nothing wrong with that, but dear God, who in the world is going to make up in their mind? I won't, who's going to echo the words of Job? I've esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. I can live without food, but I need the word of God in my life. Come on, when you feel passionate about this, come on, you don't do it just to win Bible quizzing. You do it to win your soul. You do it to win your life. You don't do it just to show people how many verses you can quote. You do it as a way of life. Even David said, I need to hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You ain't got to worry about sin if you'll get in the book and stay in the book and let the book get in you. It's the only thing that moves me. Now listen, you can, you can take this any way you want. When I've been here long enough, you know me by now, but sometimes I, I reminisce of the days my teenage days going to conferences. When I, when I think about that, I remember you heard preaching on Tuesday night. You heard two preachers on Wednesday morning. You heard a preacher Wednesday afternoon. You heard a preacher Wednesday night. You heard two preachers Thursday morning. You heard a preacher Thursday afternoon. You heard a preacher third. You heard at least nine sermons in three, two and a half days. But now, so we can have our kids to fellowship each other. We've taken less services off the list, which gives us less preaching. And then we scratch our heads while our young people is going crazy. Could it be the only reason I'm the one that preaches like this is I'm the only one that's, that's got the guts to do it? I'm telling you, if we want our kids saved, we got to put preaching back in their life. Singing will make you feel better, but preaching will save you. Preaching will change you. Preaching will bring the... Well, everybody's just too busy nowadays. Uh, tell me a day when they wasn't so busy. No, the difference is uh, priorities. Uh, priorities. Uh, that's the difference. And I'm saying don't ask God where the revival's gone because heaven's asking us, where's your priorities at? Where's your convictions at? What do you love now? Tell you what I love. I love the book. I love the word. I want to eat it. I want to chew on it. Come on. I want it to be part of my life. It's the only thing that moves men. Man can be shaken, but it won't last very long. But you put a book in them. You put the word in them. It changes them. Schedule a gospel concert. You pack the place out. 
announce revival, phone rings off the hook for reasons you can't come. That's because they know it's the book that's going to move them and they just don't want to be moved. This book is so powerful. This, this message is so powerful. This doctrine is so powerful that it moves on over there in Acts chapter 3. After Acts 2.38 is preached and the fires fallen, and the winds blew and Pentecost has happened and the church has been born, Peter and John is on their way to a prayer meeting. And they pass a lame man who has been lame from his mother's womb. And he's there asking alms of all that would pass by as he's done day after day and year after year. The Bible tells us that when he's asking Peter for alms, Peter looks down at this lame man and says, silver and gold have I none. Sir, I don't have what you think you need. But then again, if I did have it and I gave it to you, you would be right back in the same condition, in the same problem, in 24 hours asking for the same stuff that will only bring you back in the next place with the same problem. I don't have what you think you need, but such as I have, give I to thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Because Peter understood the name is what changes men. I will never understand how we will pray over our food in the name We'll pray at ball games in the name. We'll get in our cars and pray for safety down the road in the name. But when it comes to baptism, we forego the name to say, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, who died for you? Who bled for you? Who suffered for you? Who was beaten, battered for you? Jesus. Who gave his life for you? Jesus. I just wonder how it makes him feel when he's sitting on the throne and somebody gets in the water and he's thinking, I died for them. I bled for them. I suffered for them. I was ridiculed for them. I got stripes for them. I was nailed to a cross for them. But when they're baptized, they won't even use my name. 
Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. If Jesus died, I want his name. If Jesus bled, I want his name. If Jesus suffered, I'm taking his name. It's, it's like you giving me a hundred bucks and me thanking you for it. He did it for me, but I'm going to somebody else to thank them. Doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Well, Jesus died and Jesus bled, but when I get baptized, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Why are you so... It's the name that makes the difference. Oh, but, 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 but Jesus even said that, that we are to go into all the world and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. You're absolutely right. Then why don't you do it? Because the name of the Father is Jesus. The name of the Son is Jesus. The name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. You know, what's, you know what gets me? The same book, the same book they want to point to to convince us there's three gods is the same book that calls the devil the father of lies. It's the same book that calls the devil the son of disobedience. It's the same book that calls the devil an evil spirit. So that book calls the devil father, son, spirit. But everybody believes in one devil. If the devil can be father, son, spirit and still be one devil, don't you put my Jesus on a lower scale than you do the devil. Come on. He can be Father, Son, Holy Ghost and still be Jesus. He can be Alpha and Omega and still be Jesus. He can be first and last and still be Jesus. He can be the Lamb of God and the Lion of the tribe of Judah and still be Jesus. He can be Jehovah Jireh and Jehovah Nisi and still be Jesus. He can be the bright and the morning star and the lily of the valley and still be Jesus. Peter takes this lame man by the right hand, lifts him up, and immediately, lame from his mother's womb, but when the name got on the life, immediately, his feet and his ankle bones received strength, and immediately he stood up, and he walked, and he leaped, and he praised, going to the temple. Word gets out of what Peter and John's done to this man. So Peter and John get arrested by the government. And is brought before the council to be interrogated. Listen at the words of the enemy. By what power or by what name have you done this? Even the enemy had to testify 
The only thing that can change someone's life this drastically is power or a name. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost. If you don't listen to me, uh, try listening to your adversary. They even know the only thing that can change a man's life is some power and a name. That's when Peter stood up and said, it was by the name of Jesus, the, the one you crucified. Does this man stand here before you whole? It's going to get tight in just a few seconds, so just hold on. And the council, the government, the law, hears the answer from Peter. And the Bible said they released them. But before they left, they commanded that they should not teach in the name of Jesus Christ. Sounds like America of 2020. Talk about Buddha, nobody gets offended. Talk about Muhammad, nobody gets offended. Talk about Gandhi, Nobody gets offended. But if you mention Jesus, what that lets me know, it must be working. The reason they want to silence it is because they know it's moving men. So watch me now. The Bible said that they left the council, they left the law, they left the government's courts, and they were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Watch what the early church did. Here we go. It's going to be hard. And daily in every house, and in the temple, that book says, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus. Here we go. Are you mature enough? Here we go. Acts Church, the book of Acts, you know, the church we claim to be, the book of Acts Church is told by the government, don't do it. And the book of Acts Church said, I'll do it more and I'll do it louder. Fast forward to 2020's book of Acts Church. The government says, don't have church. And we say, okay. Right, that's what I thought. Well, it's a different day. Lives are in danger. My God, they die for the name. Don't give me that trash. It's priority. It never ceases to amaze me how you can prove stuff in this book and people say, I don't know about that. You want revival? You, you want to move a God? You want to 
You want the church to grow? I'm telling you, I'm not preaching to you anything that I've read from a book. I'm, I'm, I'm quoting the book. The Bible says when they left the presence of the council and they kept preaching and they kept teaching Jesus, that chapter ends and the next chapter begins by these words. In those days, the number of the disciples were multiplied. The church grew when somebody kept preaching the book. The church multiplied when someone kept preaching doctrine. That's the key. It's in the Bible. Come on, you ain't gonna cram your bookshelves full of books of how to have this. Get your nose in the Bible. It's right there. Preach Jesus. Sing Jesus. Lift Jesus. Pray Jesus. Worship Jesus. Magnify Jesus. And it'll multiply. How can you question that? How can people actually sit back and say, well, it's a different day. You know what you're saying? The name doesn't work anymore. The book isn't relevant anymore. Well, we need this and that to get the attention and get the, and get the young people to stick. No, my friend, they need the book in their life. Lights go on and off. The book stays. Songs change every year. The book stays the same. Baby, I'm sticking with the sure thing. Come on, call me old-fashioned if you want to. I take it as a compliment. I'm sticking with the sure thing. The book worked in John's day, and the book will work in your day. All we need to do is to open it back up and preach from it. Remain standing, I think, sometimes. I think sometimes we need to walk in church, come to God's house, open up the Bible and start preaching. But that's not protocol. That's not program. That's why we should do it. I just think the book is that powerful. And if you don't, then you need to come to me after church and tell me why you don't. I would imagine why you don't think the book is powerful is because you've closed it in your life. This, this, this law, this, it's got to become precious. I said it's got to become precious. This doctrine, my God. God, it's not a popular word in Pentecost nowadays, but this, this doctrine has to become precious and priceless. It's a sad day when we can get people shouting more over the scripture, blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed when we come in, Lest when we go out, you shout more over that than we can to get people to shout 
or with the scripture that says almost all things by the law purchased with blood and without the shedding of blood there's no remission that should what make that should be what makes you shout not what you get but what you have remission the blood it's an old question but the answer still rings true what can wash away my sin nothing but the blood what can make me whole again nothing but the blood I still believe there's power in the blood wonder working power in the blood I have been in this this thing all of my life and I, I I come from a very blessed heritage in this thing but but I cannot remember one preacher I've ever heard in my life I can't remember one that could give a testimony three entire cities got baptized I've heard 50 getting baptized and 100 getting baptized but I've never heard three entire cities getting baptized only in Matthew chapter 3 when a man was preaching I love preaching I love doctrinal preaching I think it'll be an order today for us to lift our hands and ask God to give us a fresh love for this book. Come on, I know you got a great pastor and a great bishop that's led you for years, but every now and then it's easy to leave our first love. How about we go back to it if, if you've lost it? God, I want the Word in my life. It's, it's what's going to move me. It's what's going to move my marriage, move my family, move move my children move my city move my church it's 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 the word it's it's the word that's preached with doctrine and conviction and passion and anointing Jesus one day was asked by a very high influential man if he would heal his servants. And Jesus told the man, I'm on my way. The man stopped him and said, Jesus, you're a man of authority. I'm a man of authority. I say to one come, he comes, one go, he goes. I know how this works. He says, I know you're a busy man. You ain't got to come into my house. But if you'll just speak the word, because he understands if I can just get a word, I can get a healing.
want you to a healing today in your body, in your, in your life, a healing from your sickness or your scars. I tell you where you'll find it. Get a word. Get a word. This healing in the word. That's how powerful this book is. Come on, right now, whatever you need, you can find in the word. Come on, follow in suit. Whatever you need, you can find. Ask God for a word today. Come on. He sent you a word the past 55 minutes. Get a hold of it. There's healing in that word. There's life-changing power in that word. There's peace and joy in that word. This book is what moves.